Hello there, this is Olivia from Oz9 Podcast. I like to listen to people talk about things. So here's a really good network for people talking about things. It's actually called the Discussing Network because it's people talking about things. Enjoy! The Discussing Network presents Discussing Comics. I am Kyle Jones, and I want to start out this episode by welcoming back Lee Shackelford. Lee, how are you, my friend? Very well, sir. Very well. And glad to be back with y'all on Discussing Comics. It's been a while. And as always, Lee Shackelford, it is awesome having you on with us. You are joining us on part two of this Falcon and Winter Soldier review and who was joining me on part one and is back for part two clarence brown clarence how are you i am doing well man uh ready to dive in and wrap up uh this incredible season cool cool so what's been going on with you guys and since i started with lee i will ask lee this question anything (laughs) interesting that's been going on for you lately I am finishing up uh, this semester of classes as an instructor, which means uh, my email box right now is full of students saying, isn't it possible for me to do one more thing that I could? And the answer is no. (laughs) Um, It's in the syllabus. No. But in in fun stuff that would be of much more interesting to uh, much greater interest to our listeners, I am adapting my adaptation of Carl Chapik's great 1921 play, R.U.R., the play that gives us the word robot. A university uh, is planning to do it as a radio show. So I am adapting my stage play for radio, uh, which is, as uh, many of our listeners here may know, that's my thing anyway. So when the guy asked me, uh, when the director there asked me if I wanted to, if, if they could adapt it for radio, I said, uh, better idea, why don't I adapt it for radio? And aside to myself, why didn't I think of this before? Uh, anyway, <laughs> so yeah, R.U.R. the radio shows taking up a lot of my time and mental energy. So that is amazing. I'm going to assume real quick that maybe the people listening to discussing comics, perhaps, hopefully they do, but maybe they don't listen to all of our discussing who. So Lee Shackelford and Clarence Brown, is there something else, speaking of radio shows, that you might want to tell our listeners about, relatively speaking? Relatively? Yeah, they, they should be, yeah, they should be uh, chugging over to relativitypodcast.com or looking for Relativity, the audio drama in their favorite podcatcher, if they haven't already. The Ava Award-winning and Hugo-nominated Relativity, starring Clarence Brown. I thought you were going to say E equals MC squared. But, you know. <laughs> no, that's that's the, that's that's the dumb mistake that I made, of course. That, uh, I, I, I named my show something that was imminently Googleable, so when people go just to search for it, it's it's futile. I had no idea there were so many podcasts out there about people talking about you know, <laughs> the real relativity about uh, Einstein, and, you know. Yeah, so you have to dig through all of those to get to our show. But but it's out there. But and it's it out is there. a Hugo Award-nominated podcast. So, Clarence Brown, my friend, what's been going on fun for you? Anything interesting in the last week or so? Uh, not really. Uh, honestly, other than catching up on TV, 
you know, enjoying what we're going to talk about tonight. But other than that, not much, man. Just enjoying life. Well, I am happy to say as of this week and this past week that the three of us are all second dosed of the vaccine. So anyone listening, we encourage you to go out and get vaccinated. But Lee, I think you had something interesting to tell us really quick about being vaccinated. Oh, my pun that when I got my second Pfizer shot, it it knocked me out. So when I stirred again, I said, that guy's Pfizer was set for stun. Cha-ching. <laughs> I wonder how many people have made that joke. You might be the first. I may be, but I, I don't know. I don't you know. know, the corniness of that joke is I would call that a Kyle Jones worthy <laughs> corny joke. Or, or I think level is the word you're looking for. There you go. Okay. There you go. <laughs> Do we do we want to say a word? No, we don't want to talk about Hulanta, do we? Different show, but check out Hulanta if you want to go to learn more about Doctor Who. Go to hulanta.com. However, just a little bit of news that happened shortly before this podcast started recording tonight, and I want to mention it because we did a special episode with Shannon Perry of Eyes Nine, ah. and we did a follow-up episode with Lucas Elliott Lucas of the artwork behind Eyes 9, and drumroll please, Kickstarter has reached its goal three or four days before the end. So, woohoo, we're getting an Eyes 9 comic. Yay. Yeah, and that, yeah. that really does fit on discussing comics, doesn't it? And, and, and you know, that, that shows what the, the interest is out there for this comic book. I mean, nobody's Kickstarter finishes that, that early on something like this that's just it's just fantastic yes 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 i didn't know it honestly until clarence sent us the message earlier so that i was so psyched to see that and i will say what i told shannon which is if she ever doubts her ability to write characters remember this day and this is an example of her ability it's an ensemble cast i know and all of that but she puts the words in their mouth and kudos to Shannon, to, to Lucas, to everyone. I can't wait to see the comic. So, gentlemen, before we move on, anything else that you would like to talk about before we get into the reason why we are here? I'm going to keep my mouth shut. All right. But <laughs> I won't because I will say, if you have not seen the ending to The Falcon and The Winter Soldier, hmm. put us on pause, go out, watch the episodes, come back, because from this moment forward, Spoilers. Spoilers. Affirmative. Spoilers. Spoilers? What spoilers? And I killed Sparky too. <laughs> Alrighty, the spoiler warning has gone out and we are back to finish up our reviews of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. This is a Disney Plus Marvel Universe Marvel Studios story that is appearing on Disney Plus. Clarence Brown, finale, some review. What did you think? Oh man, I loved it. I loved it. Just to see how the the nuance, the nuances they're bringing to this story, things that, you know, as a Marvel television slash movie fan, uh, things that 
I never knew existed and many fans of the of these movies may have never known existed to see the way it was brought to the screen in a uh, relatable and timely way uh, and we'll get into all that but all it just the way that was executed uh, just uh, beautiful beautiful to see there were some things about the story that felt rushed into um as a matter of fact uh if that's the way i want to put it uh some of the, some some parts of the story just weren't were a little um off to me but overall i really loved it and really you know really proud of how they've taken on some of these issues you wouldn't necessarily expect uh disney slash marvel to even you know talk about so yeah what about you guys all right lee what do you think Oh, I, I couldn't agree more. Clarence has said it all for me. And I, I yeah, I just, my my expectations after episode five were so high that I was thinking, there's no way episode six is actually going to be able to meet the <laughs> expectations that I have now. But uh, yeah. by golly, they did it. And uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm with Clarence. There are some things that felt like somehow just the beats are wrong you know the emotional beats are not either being given enough time or something's playing too long so rhythm felt like it kind of somehow got off in that last part but um you know it's easy to forgive with the great things that were that were going on it's just uh so what about you so i watched this twice this finale twice since it aired the first time of course i watched it friday you know the day it came out it prompted me to do something that one division itself did not prompt me to do. I went back and watched Captain America and the Winter Soldier. I, and then I watched Captain America Civil War. And then I oh. watched some of Infinity War. And then I watched most of the uh, you know finale leaving up to Sam being given the shield. Then I went back and I watched this again. And having that so fresh on my mind, it made me feel like I was watching a brand new episode different because I had all the emotional feels from it being so fresh of seeing this friendship form, you know, over the weekend, basically. And, <laughs> oh, they just, I think they did such a fantastic job in the story itself. I, I can't say anything bad about it now there was something in the story that did feel off that i want to get to in a minute but because i because because i couldn't put my finger on it first but now i think i have put my finger on it so i want us to talk about it but overall i think this was a good good six episode story so lee i have a question for you you didn't get in on our first conversation so John Walker, the replacement cap, what were your feelings about him? I felt like we were being set up and the way it played out was exactly the way I thought it was going to go. So, and you know, there's a delicate balance there in this kind of storytelling that can either be gratifying to the audience because it makes you feel smart because you knew what was going to happen, or it can be boring because you knew it was going to happen. And I felt like they played down that line very, very deftly. We kept being reminded that Walker means well, that he really wants to serve his country. He really wants to be the symbol of everything that's that's best about us. 
but he's he's not the man and and his his partner is right the super soldier serum makes you makes more of whatever you are well that's a test that's <laughs> a real test and he yeah. just doesn't pass the test and you know who would who isn't steve rogers you know but so it's just sad it's just sad to watch it unspool and boy does it come apart and but yeah so the first time we saw him you know and they were giving him that shield i thought okay nobody gives that shield away except steve and yeah i got a bad feeling about this <laughs> so all right so clarence you and i have talked about the idea of him in our first review i want to pivot now to this fight scene that we see between you know after that finale the bloody finale and then we see this fight scene where you have Sam, you have Bucky, and they're coming to take the shield from him. What did you think of the fight? How did you, what was it, the fight, the ramifications? What were your thoughts? Oh man, the fight. Um, it's kind of hard to frame because of course, it, and even Bucky and, 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 um, and, and Sam make the argument to him that, you know, this was an act of, an emotional act in response to what just happened to Lamar. And we know how close John Walker was to Lamar and anyone can see, or anyone can think of every action you would have in a moment of seeing your best friend murdered before your eyes. And, you know, although he went to the extreme, I could see a lot of us having a similarly angry reaction Maybe not to bludgeon with the shield, but an angry action to what would happen. And even Sam tells him that, you know, it was an emotional moment. And, you know, if we just go back now and talk about this, you know, as a counselor, as he is, you know, maybe we can, it'll all be all right. But he is just not for that at all. And what you see here is, 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 is a great fight between Bucky, Sam and, and John Walker, which, you know, I just, I just love how that played out from the different dynamics of him being a recent super soldier. And of course you have Bucky who's a super soldier as well, but then you have, um, and just beautiful how they did it all through this series. And even when we see later on what happens, uh, when Sam becomes Captain America, we see how he uses his, um, wingsuit, uh, as an extra, you know, off or extra bit of power to be able to take on some of these super soldiers. So, you know, I just think that was well played in the dynamic of those different abilities in that fight. I've got so many thoughts about the story emotionally and and this crisis moment in the story, but I, I, I was almost taken out of it by how much I admired the choreography. And I, I say this as somebody who, you know, my, my best guy friend is, one of the people who dreams up scenes like that in the Marvel franchise <laughs> movies and TV shows. And, you know, he's confided to me that he's just sick to death of seeing the same fight over and over again, which, you know, honestly we have. Um, and so he said, you know, we, we're all now I feel like the people who are good at this are always looking for the twist, always looking for a way to, um, to, to, to bring it up above the norm, you know, into something something new and interesting. And I can't remember a time watching a, a superhero, you know, 
knockdown dragout like this, where I have so been so deeply involved. So watching, you know, keeping your eye on the shield, you know, which is sort of I think it's it's <laughs> yeah. playing keep away with the shield is 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 really what the what the game is. Um, but also keeping track in your mind of who in this fight has colossal strength <laughs> and who doesn't. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, to the point where you're watching, ooh, oh, 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 Bucky hit him with his left hand. That's going to leave a mark, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, oh, okay, okay. Bucky's hitting him with his right fist. Okay, he's trying not to just kill him. All right, you know, so that you're, you know, I, I've never been so excited by the blow by blow uh, in my head as uh, as i have with that fight i just thought it was amazing i was exhausted when it was over you know i just yeah <laughs> is it just me no no, no, no it's not well, you let, let, let me add it at the end you have an allegory to the last scene of the previous episode where john walker's gonna smash sam um yeah but 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 he's saved by 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 Jane by Bucky, mm -hmm. uh, just uh, wonderful callbacks to there to what we've seen before, and I think if even if you dig a little deeper, you'll see some of the stuff from other Marvel movies, which oh, maybe yeah. you notice, Kyle. Yeah, let me. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up <laughs> because I was doing and watching the same way you guys were just describing. Loved it. Was intent. I was so enthralled by the fact of he's not just protecting the shield. If it had. He was about to kill Sam in my mind. Yep. You know, that's that's what he was about to do. Then I go back and I watch Civil War and I see Steve do the exact same thing to Tony. Yes. Spoilers. But it's to disarm him, not to kill him. He's you know, he's it, he's it stopping stops Iron that Man. Fight. He's yes, yes, he's not trying to kill Tony Stark. He's trying to stop Iron Man. Excellent. Yes. Excellent. Yes. Yes. And and again, you know, that was something that you did not have to watch Captain America Civil War to appreciate. But but having because I didn't even remember it. But then <laughs> after I remembered it, it was like, oh, wow, that is so freaking awesome. Yeah. And, and credit to, you know, the shield is a defensive weapon. Right. And I feel like with Bucky and Sam throughout this whole series, you see them in a defensive posture a lot, you know, not really trying to hurt the, the normal people that they're fighting, right. um, trying to disarm, trying to, um, but defuse the situation. They're, they're doing a lot of that in this, in this series. And I think that's, that's a good thing to see from, you know, our off times blow up, bang, bang, kill, kill. Yes. <laughs> uh, different approach for them. And to me, it's, 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 that's exactly what elevates this above the the norm of a lot of our superhero entertainment in so many ways. Because by making this whole story basically a big fight over the shield, you can't be unaware that the shield's power is symbolic. I mean, everybody wants, everybody knows what it means to carry that shield. And they keep saying that. It's almost like Thor's hammer, isn't it? That there are people who can who can pick that thing up, and there are people who can't because they're not supposed to. And and I think the shield carries the same sort of storytelling power. That that's America at its best. This is who we want. That that's what we want this country to be. So when John Walker goes out there and murders somebody with it, we go, okay, that's not who we want to be. Yeah. 
but then to put these particular people in a literal fight over the shield, um, you have to, you, you and the audience, you have to choose sides. And, and, and I know we're going to get to this, but to me, the, the most powerful moment in all of this is Sam being told that a black man cannot carry that shield. He can't. And so let me ask that question, because that <laughs> is one of my questions, is in episode five, it's called Truth. Right. And it's Isaiah Bradley's story. It's, you know, focusing on him. I want to ask you guys, do you agree with his telling Sam that a black man can't be Captain America? To me, it's one of the big questions of the of the whole saga, that this may be the whole reason for telling this story, is to get to this point. That's what I think. Okay. Clarence. Uh, what I think what we're what you see with uh, Isaiah Bradley is a, a generational difference. I mean, I think for myself, from one generation to now, my views on probably where we can go or where we could be is going to be slightly different from my dad's. Not to say that he's not optimistic, but he has lived the experience of discrimination. You know, so he's carrying all their weight when he's looking forward to the future. Now, there's people that can get past it, of course. But I think what Isaiah Bradley is bringing in his comment is from his lived experience and the the torture and the way he was used and experimented on. He's bringing his lived experience along with his opinion there. And I can't say that he's wrong for his opinion because that's <laughs> what he lived. That's his truth. Yeah. But good choice of as, words, by the way. Truth is truth. Yes. Yeah. But generations, time, Sam has a different outlook. And I, I, Kyle, I actually thought this would be a good question to your brother because he's in the armed forces. Mm -hmm. So I feel similarly, anybody in the armed forces has to make a, any person of color in the armed forces has to, has to make a similar decision. I know in times past, it had to be much harder to make that same decision. But with all the history in our past, like, why are you making this decision to defend the country? And I think Sam ultimately answers that by saying that he loves his country and, and he's going to defend it if he can, if he must, he's going to do it because he loves his country. And despite what we've been through or what our forefathers ancestors have been through, you know, we're here, this is our country and, and we're going to own it. We're going to love it. You know, and that's, that's the decision he's making there. Yeah. You know, I want to add one other caveat to what you said, and I don't want to speak for the future of your son, but you said your father's experiences, your own experiences, then I would also guarantee when your son is our age, his worldview, because of living in a generation even further removed from our generation, will be so much more different even than our perception. From, you know, from your mouth to God's ears. I, yes. I hope, I and I, I, I oh, Lord, I hope. Yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> but, but, yeah. But I'll, 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 okay. Let, let, let me say this real quick mm. before I forget it. Since you mentioned Curtis, one of the things that I said in our first review was I was curious to the giving up of the shield should Sam have given it up. And we brought up the military. Well, after we recorded, I posed that question to Curtis and I okay. said, would you, do you think Sam was right or did he have an obligation to give the shield back? 
And his response to me was, unless he was under orders and he would be breaking orders to give the shield back, then no, he should not have given it up because someone that trusted him gave him the shield. So it was really not his to give up. He said, I'm not faulting him, you know, the character for doing it. But un- but to answer your question, unless he was under orders and he would be disobeying direct orders, then no, he should not have given it up. And, and I understand that from the point of view of the, the technicality of it as a, well, as a, somebody. As a point, military. Yeah. Yeah. But, but some, as somebody points out in the, in the sixth part, that shield doesn't belong to the army. <laughs> yeah. So... <laughs> You know, <laughs> there's there's always that. But um, it, it did make me think of how many people I know who have, um, once they're, um, well, like, the people that I have known who were in uh, World War II in Korea. Well, no, my next-door neighbor here who was, who was in Vietnam, you, know, you were supposed to turn in your handgun when you were discharged, you know? They've got their guns. Uh-huh. You know? It seems like everybody <laughs> I know, <laughs> they, yeah. they still got, they still got their, their handgun, you know, their firearms. They, you know, it, it's, it was a little harder to, to walk out with a you know, an M1 rifle or something. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. But that I guess that's neither here nor there. But I, I nothing nothing that I've seen on TV in a long time, in a, in a fictional narrative, has just hit me so hard as Isaiah. What a wonderful name for that character. Call him Isaiah. Um, t- telling, looking Sam in the eye, telling him, no black man can be Captain America, and no black man should want to be. Uh, I... And so I, I was waiting for Sam's answer to that, which I'm paraphrasing, and I guess I should have you know written it down because we're going to come to favorite quotes, right? Because this would be it. But he's saying I want to I want to represent what America's capable of. That that my <laughs> my people, if you're, if you're going to look at my skin and say that's who I am, we built this country. So now we're going to now we have the promise of what it could be, and that's that's what it's going to mean when I have this when I carry this shield. And you got to love it, don't you? Yeah, I guess that's something we can look forward in the future of these movies slash shows. I, I guess that's the part that's not really answered yet. Can he be right? Because he because he can't decide. It's going to be up to everybody else to decide, right? That's the yeah yeah. That's the problem. If America rejects him, then he's not Captain America. See, I made a statement when we were first talking, and it may have been on this show. I think it was on one of our previous episodes. And Clarence, I made a comment. I think it was you and I recording. We were talking about this. We had no idea what this was going to be about. And I made this statement. I think it's going to be about Sam becoming Captain America and having to deal with the prejudice that he will receive. And you said, I hope they don't go that route. I'm so glad you were right, because I think they addressed it in a much more thoughtful and graceful and dynamic way than just, and I don't want this to sound like the tried and true that we've seen, the racism story that we've seen before, but they just, they presented it not the way I thought, but the way it probably should have been. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, Instead of them showing... I guess probably the worst part of this episode as far as maybe not a race thing. Maybe he just wasn't around during the blip, but him trying to get along, you know, Mm -hmm. but I love the way after that, the way the, and I'm not even going to say racism, the way the bias toward a certain, 
color or race of person is presented is in the things they say. You know, people tell, hey, Black Falcon, you know, <laughs> they they hit us with that. But it wasn't just to remind us, but it wasn't in a way to make us feel like, oh, they're just being racist is more more so of an inset thought or feeling within us, you know, mm-hmm. and it it's really interesting how they how they were able to come across with that in this episode. And maybe the, the Isaiah Bradley was the most overt on the top part of that, you know, telling his story of how he was experimented on and, and the way his, his uh, fellow soldiers were thrown away and how he went in and saved them. Yeah. That was, that was certainly on the nose, but as far as um, direct, the racism directed directly toward Sam, I, I like the way they didn't, they played it differently. And like you said, it, it just felt different and it worked. It worked without, it worked in a way that made it uh, more subtle. We, we've talked on discussing who about um, the the meaning or message or moral coming in and and being, you know, us being whacked between the eyes with it. And I, I, I so appreciated their, as you say, the, the deft way that they handled these things. The they, they marched right up to it and talked about it. And I never felt like I was being preached to. Even even Sam gets to the pulpit at the end, right? And he gets to yeah. say everything that's on his mind. And even then, I felt like we weren't crossing a line because what he's saying is true and it's urgent. He's got to tell these people this right now. <laughs> you know, yeah. you're about you to know go what on there. Would have been preachy. Let me hmm. say this. You know what I think would have been preachy if they would have chosen to have had him standing there dressed in Captain America garb mm-hmm. and had Bucky saying all the things about <laughs> you, you should be respecting him. Yeah. You should. Then that would have been preachy, but it c- couldn't because of the source from which it came. Right. That's right. He's, he is the person who has the most right in the whole world right now to say what he's saying. And, and also the way that the current conundrum that they're in with the GRC and the attempt to reclaim properties, buildings, houses has pretty much put everyone, you know, 50% of the entire planet isn't, doesn't matter what color you are. Uh So it's putting those 50% of people on equal footing. And really at that point, race doesn't matter. And the whole point of Carly Morgenthau is the, the borders and, and displacement of these people that were doing better off, Uh uh, as people who may have been in lower economic status during the blip, you know, they got a chance to move up. And I like how the, how the story put everybody on the same footing, regardless of, you know, what color you are or what, you know, we even dropping borders, everybody's going to come to together kumbaya mm-hmm. <laughs> during the blip. And, and now that everybody's back, you know, there's a lot of people, um, you know, regardless of what they were before, you could have been a CEO before you come back, your position's gone, your house is gone. Mm-hmm. So it puts a lot of people in the same position to try to get on equal footing or get or, or I don't know, to, to just try to garner some type of humanity from the governments uh, and the people in power now right. um, to, to try to lift everybody up because it's, you know, half the planet that, yeah. <laughs> that's going through there. And you're right. It was random. Thanos didn't wish all the black people away, you know, it's just, it's just half. (laughs) And, (laughs) and I would love to know who's responsible for this. Cause I I think there's gotta be a person, some, some woman or man somewhere in the, uh, 
the, the mighty Marvel infrastructure who said, you know, this is an opportunity for us to tell a story about race in America without saying race in America. I mean, Sam, un, un, our yeah. Uncle Sam in this story is black. We have to, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're going to do that. But so much of the history of race in America has really been about socioeconomic status. Yes. So let's yes. talk about that instead because of all these, because half of the planet is now trying to find out where they fit in. And the people who didn't get blipped have, you know, made new lives for themselves and pulled the ladders up after them. And you know what the true beauty of that is? I did not, I did not establish the socioeconomic thing with the GRC and the historical racism I did not connect that until you said it just now. That at, is the beauty of that. At least, yeah, at least I not consciously, but didn't yeah. see it. Yeah, yeah, you know it's there, oh. but it's uh, yeah. So, so uh, uh, Sam and his sister trying to you know sit down and you know with this white banker and get a loan. Yeah, the, the, the guy wants to get a selfie with the Falcon, but he's not going to give her a loan. I mean, it's it's all there in that one little in that one scene. It's all there. Just wow. And, and and he's the guy who had the shield. I yeah. I literally was asked to represent America, and here I am. <laughs> here I am. Being, yeah. Yep. Speaking of down. that one scene, I want to reference real quick, and this is another thing that I think it was sheer brilliance in the directing and all of that, which is we see when the replacement Captain America, John Walker, comes and kills someone in the streets of another nation with the shield. And you have all these people, it's done in the public, and they are standing there with their phones recording it for posterity. Yeah. Then you see all of these world leaders and senators and dignitaries all get kidnapped by terrorists if we want to call them that or not call them that, yeah. as Sam says. But but are, they are kidnapped. Their lives are in danger. And they have to thank Sam Wilson, Captain America, in front of a live audience of watchers and who are also recording it for the world to see. I think that was brilliantly done because... Who would want to try to take the shield from him now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was just yeah. like grinning from ear to ear with a couple of like, um, you know, bad sinus moments there. But yes, I mean, it was like, damn, try to take it from him now. <laughs> really? Yeah. So I want to switch really quick hmm. and talk about someone who had a little surprise ending Sharon Carter turned out to be the power broker. Thoughts. <sighs> this, this, this is the part of the story, the arc that doesn't feel right to me. Um, I would rather she had been someone else who knew the power broker, but I just don't see that character making that big of a leap from, you know, sh shield agent, right? Was it she a shield yep, agent? Yeah. Agent 13. To shield agent to underworld boss slash lord i mean <laughs> and and she has even more nefarious plans on the way i i didn't buy it that was one of the messy parts of the story to me lee shackleford yeah i have a theory but i want to know your thoughts <laughs> oh uh, well yeah just the same i just uh, yeah yeah she was the power broker all along 
No, no, she, no, yeah. No, no, I, 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 I enjoyed that on WandaVision. I didn't like it here. <laughs> All right, so here's my thought. So it didn't sit with me well with me. Then I went back and I've watched the um, other movies that I said I was watching at the beginning of this episode. And then I watched that last episode again. So I have a theory. Clarence, you said a moment ago, I would rather she have been someone else. I'm going Uh, to speculate. No. (laughs) That is not Sharon Carter. Because we have a secret invasion coming Uh, soon. Okay. And I am going to speculate that that is Sharon Walker, also known as someone who is a scroll. Okay. Th- that makes sense to me because she that person is posing as Sharon Walker, using her connections, using her ends with. But then while she's befriending Sam, she's also sending someone to kill Sam. So you're playing and it may be Sharon. She may be mind control. But knowing that there is a secret invasion series coming, I'm going to say that she is a scroll. Yeah, I mean, I can see that happening. I mean, it seems like they definitely have set up something bigger for her uh, throughout the either next group of series or television shows or movies. So yeah, I, it just it just didn't feel right to me for this series, this six episodes. But I definitely think they're gonna build her up for something else, whether it be Sharon Carter or some other character that's you know she's a squirrel or whatever. <laughs> yeah. It just sits better for me if I if I believe she's a scroll. It just says, okay, you were characterized in these other movies completely different yeah. than you are here. You're almost unlikable yeah. here to some degree. It's like it isn't really you. It's a scroll. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, if she turns out to be a scroll, everybody, you heard it here first. Yes, indeed. She was a scroll all along. She was a scroll all along. <laughs> And, and if she gets a, a groovy theme song as a result, then, then I'm here for it. Well, if she gets hypnotized into being a cow, then we'll know something. <laughs> Fantastic Four, number yes. three. Yeah, I, t- I, I totally, totally, yes. totally did get it. Or was totally it two? Did. Two or three. It was very early. Call back. Very early. All right. So, gentlemen, I have a couple of little side bit FYIs to share. But any other things before we get into our favorite quote if you have one yeah I, i'll real quick um and this is not my observation this is someone else's i would think i was on a twitter what is their their version of uh clubhouse i forgot what it's called spaces twitter spaces hmm. and and they were talking about this and one of the points that someone made is that as we see john walker a product of the state doing their bidding on trial making the point that you made me, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, at that, at that very same time, we have the um, George Floyd case, Floyd case going on where you see, uh, you know, Derek Chauvin on, on trial. He too, a product of the state. Yeah. It just felt like the time that we actually saw that episode. It was just weird that <laughs> we have this other thing going on that feels similar in a way, but not really, you know, yeah. we, we go, we, we'll, we'll make our ties where we want to, but um Another person pointed that out as ironic, and I, I kind of agree. It just feels weird. <laughs> yeah, and of, and of course they couldn't have planned that. 
No, not at all. Just, uh. all right. but he would claim he's doing his job too, right? Right. So, <laughs> and let, let me say this real quick, because I didn't have this written down, but you made me think of this. I do appreciate the fact at the end, they even played Walker with a sympathetic tone. And I loved the fact that he did show a heroic side and he ultimately teamed up with Sam and Bucky at the end. Yeah, they took us on a roller coaster with with John Walker in this series. We hate him. We are sympathetic. We think he might be okay. Oh, we hate him again. And by the end, he, you know, puts his aggression, his uh, revenge or avenge start to, to avenge uh, Lamar aside to actually go and help people in need. So uh, I'm glad that character seems to be coming back on, on the path he should have been on all along. Indeed. All right. So any other items before I give my couple of tidbits? Oh, kind of a kind of a big thing i I, maybe we're it's the elephant in the room that we're not talking about um i i love the rethinking of thanos from the comics to the movies you know i mean Mm -hmm. if i remember right his reason in the comics for doing everything he did was because he's literally in love with death okay uh his 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 problem with the overpopulated universe is a lot more interesting to me because there's a party that says oh man's got a point wait a minute (laughs) you know (laughs) Um, you got a problem with one world, one people. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- those people really have been wronged and they really have seized the power to, to change their own fates. And as they set out, they're not going to hurt anybody doing it. Of course that goes off the rails, but yeah. to, to start off with, I feel, I, I really was torn about them. I thought I kind of feel like they've got a, a case. It's it's the same thing with the with Killmonger Killmonger and uh, as told in Black Panther. You know, when you start listening to him, when you we witness his story, you think, okay, every one of those scarifications represents somebody he has killed. But he's also got a point. The man does have a point. <laughs> you know, I just think it's it's always important to understand why people do what they do. And I I just I felt like uh, that movement that that Carly especially when it was her talking about her own convictions and what she thinks and feels that little conversation where she and Sam are alone briefly until John ruins it. I, I, they really were about to understand each other. And uh, I don't know. I, I just wonder what you guys thought about the one world, one people of that whole the movement. I think we touched on it uh, briefly in that previous episode, mm. Clarence, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the thought was, no, 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 no. We, we touched on, what did we touch on? It was close to that. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I'll make a comment now. I mean, okay, I, cool. I, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think she's wrong. Um, like you said, a, a lot of people we think are bad, and I even say for Zemo, mm-hmm. he's he he's not wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's his <laughs> method to the madness, his way he goes to resolve the issue. Uh, is is what gets him in trouble, and then Carly and Morgenthau are the same way. She starts off, I think, if you're just playing Robin Hood, that's one thing, you know, stealing some medicine for a particular group of people. Uh, I think that's one thing. But by the end of this arc, I guess by the maybe the fourth episode, we see where she takes a turn, and even her own people 
are questioning her. Um, yeah, there are great moments where there where you can see other other members of the group just staring at her, like say what? Yeah, yeah, and clearly she's gone too far at that point. Yeah, and see, this is where, and I know I'm brushing up a topic that is a topic within itself, but just let me say this: this is where Marvel has the upper hand, I think, in many ways than DC. Because I cannot fathom a conversation between Batman and the Joker where there's the ability to rationale. Mm -hmm. I cannot fathom Joker, I mean, Scarecrow and Batman or Superman and Lex Luthor. You get where I'm going. There's, you know, there's the good guy there. There's the bad guy. But you look at Marvel heroes, even Magneto, who has been basically portrayed for the past 10 years as, you know, a hero. You go to Dr. Doom, you keep going and you go to Carly, you go to all these others. And whether you may not absolve them from their actions, they present them in a way to where we can have a, well, they're wrong, but they're, but, 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 you know. Yeah. Well, one of the last lines of the show is uh, Sam, when he has that group of the government officials around him, he says, this girl died trying to stop you and no one has stopped for one second to ask why. And, and I, so I, I think that's one of the things that this uh, this long story does for us is to say, why do extreme groups do what they do? Anybody, anybody pause to ask that? Wow. Very thoughtful. All right. So here are a few things that I found and I can't take credit for. This was in a Watch Mojo video that I watched. And they pointed out that Bucky makes the statement that he prefers his right hand, that he's right-handed, even though it's his left hand that is the one that's the you know robotic arm. They make points within the story to show him using his right hand in non-fight type scenes to show that, you know, he does prefer that hand. A little something there. Um, There's the point where Sam is fighting Carly and he is telling her, I don't want to fight you. Similar to Steve telling Bucky, I don't want to fight you. And, you know, Captain America Winter Soldier. The one I liked the most that they pointed out was when Sam and Steve meet, Sam is jogging and Steve runs by and says, on your left. Yeah. In <laughs> episode five, he's running out in the, you know, at his sister's or wherever in the country in Louisiana. And as he's running, he moves over to the right, like letting somebody pass him. And uh, when Bucky congratulates Sam, Bucky is on the right, Sam is on the left, as same as the final scenes before the credits. Oh, one last question I have for you before we do our favorite quote. We did not see a cameo of Steve Rogers. Are you satisfied with the story as is, is, or would you have liked to have seen Steve Rogers' cameo? I I would have dug a Steve Rogers flashback. Okay. Clarence, what do you think? Well, obviously we couldn't go to the moon, so, you know, (laughs) (laughs) it would have been nice. It would have been nice. Uh, And just in general, maybe a little bit more MCU cohesion, though we did see a lot of MCU people. I mean, for what's going on, you think we see somebody else pop in, but I understand it's its own show. Uh, But we did see um, Rhodey, uh, Rhodey Rhodes. So, yeah, Um, it would have been nice to have 
you know, just a, a minute or two, or even just some explanation of where his story has taken him or, you know, if we're ever going to see him again. You know? yeah, yeah. Good point. I at first expected it and I kind of wanted it, but I'm kind of glad that they didn't do it because I think that would have taken a little bit of the spotlight away from Sam. Yeah. And I think this said by not having it, it said further, Steve Rogers is gone. Sam Wilson is Captain America. All right. So, gentlemen, favorite quote. Does anyone have a favorite quote? Because I do. But does anyone have a favorite quote? And I will start with Clarence Brown. Favorite quote. Do you have one? Um, I have forgot to take one during the time. But I researched a little bit while we were talking. So this is the um, Captain America Sam Wilson quote at the end and I think Lee alluded to it already already excuse me but I feel it the stairs the judgment and there's nothing I can do to change it yet I'm still here no super serum no blonde hair or blue eyes the only power I have is that I believe we can do better awesome 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 Lee Shackford yep I just dug up that quote on IMDB for the same reason because yeah, that's it. That's 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 uh, where I got that tingle in the spine, you know. <laughs> no super serum, no blonde hair or blue eyes. <laughs> mm. And the only power, and notice that phrase, the only power I have is that I believe we can do better. And does that not make it even more, and this is so not taking away anything from Steve Rogers' character, but you had an enhanced white man be Captain America and yes, you have the suit, I get it, but you have the black man with nothing but his spirit and belief and what, you know, his determination yeah. as Captain America. I think he's even more beautiful. Yes, and, and I would go further than that to, to say that that is to me part of why I love the the first Avenger, why I love the Captain America movie, because it, it makes so beautifully clear the point that steve rogers is a hero he just doesn't have superpowers and yes. then they give him some but he is yeah. already a hero he yes. didn't become a hero after that you know the so, super serum just made him more of what he was it just it just fulfilled his potential because just just like uh, just like lamar said so yeah well that i know you have a quote cow but that that brings up another point that we didn't really talk about Okay, he has a suit now from Wakanda. He has Steve Shield, no super serum. But in a way, I kind of feel like his new powers are Iron Man esque because he doesn't really have powers, but he just sort of like Batman. He has stuff yeah, to, yeah. Um, you know, my superpowers are rich. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I really want to know more about that new suit that he got. I mean, we've seen some of it in action, but. You know, all the fights we got with him were awesome that we saw, but I want to see more of what that new suit can do and, you know, um, how powerful it is since it came from Wakanda. Yep. And remember, you know, yes, T'Challa did, you know, have the root that, that he drank of that gave him the enhanced senses and agility and et cetera and so forth and strength to some of that. But some of what was T'Challa's power was the vibranium suit that he wore. So yep. the, uh, piggybacking off of your thought of, or your comment that it came from Wakanda. So my favorite quote, the one that 
got me in the fields was I am a black man wearing the stars and stripes. Mm-hmm. What don't I understand? <laughs> and, uh, and Bucky being who he is, I just love his little takedown of that. I was texting, so I heard you say black guy and stars and stripes. I didn't hear anything after that. <laughs> 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 Which, of course, uh, means he heard it, you know. <laughs> he heard but, it and he thought he it was awesome, but he's not going to say so. <laughs> and, you I know, since you, since you said that, the... The way they portrayed them in these this, and you compare that to when they first met. Yeah. After, um, I mean, because in the beginning, Sam is telling Steve, "This isn't the person you used to know. You may have to take him down because you know he was just being a realist." And right. to see their, you know, we keep talking about Steve and Sam's friendship, but to see this bond and friendship form in these two people that for all intents and purposes, let alone Marvel universe, but by the fact of when they were born should not be friends should have never met, you know? And I just think that that was so cool the way they've kind of formed their own friendship that is totally because of Steve, but not because of Steve. And I just think that's cool. Yeah. I also love that Sam is from the South. It's awesome. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We got to, to see all those beautiful um, Louisiana locations filmed in Georgia. Um, <laughs> but yeah. I, I'm glad you mentioned that because because um, I, I love I love New Orleans. And so I was I was so glad to see that, even though I knew that it was actually filmed in Georgia. It just uh, I feel like they got all the notes right. You know, everything, everything. Yeah. It looked right. And um, I would just... Uh, I just love the whole look and feel of that whole community. And when they're all working together on the boat, I just felt like I've seen this. I have seen this community doing exactly this. This, this is not fantasy at all. This is, this is just fantastic. Um, and, um, and I meant to tell you that um, another place, another city that I love in the world is Prague and Prague was uh, standing in for uh, Sokovia. So, a couple of times I had to blink because I thought, whoa, I've been, I've been in that, that <laughs> courtyard that they're in. I, okay. Wow. And then they, then uh, Carly had to her meeting in the cemetery. That's the national cemetery. That's where Dvorak and Carl Chopik, who I was just speaking about earlier, that's where they're buried. I, I, I went huh. there because I wanted to lay something at the headstone of Carl Chopik, who, who gave the world the word robot. And, and, and there they were in, uh, <laughs> Falcon and the Winter Soldier, yeah. but but yeah, one of the one of the big public squares that um, all tourists go to. That's where they filmed that horrible scene of uh, John killing the guy with the shield. So wow. I thought, boy, next time I'm there, I'm gonna. <laughs> now this, is the this is where... the step where they'll have mopped up the blood by then. I hope. <laughs> oh, but still, yeah, it just uh, it, it really did. The, the story took us all over the world, didn't it? It was uh, yep. And now we've got a little bit of time to, oh, one one last thing before we close. I will mm. say it was really cool seeing Elijah Bradley again, Eli, the grandson, mm-hmm. because I still say we're going to see at some point in the next five years, we're going to see, if not a movie, we're going to see a Disney Plus series called Young Avengers with Patriot, which is Eli Bradley. And then Wiccan and Speed and hmm. Stature, which will be Ant-Man's daughter and young Hawkeye, the female Hawkeye that they're coming out mm-hmm. with. 
we will see some young Avengers. I'm just, I'm, I'm betting, I'm betting go. on it. Yep. Let's do it. Well, gentlemen, this has been fun. We have now officially reviewed Captain America and the Winter Soldier. So for everyone listening, thank you for joining us. We're glad that you're here. Let us know what you thought about Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Do you agree with us? Do you not? Let us know. And as always, we will be back next time. You've been listening to the Discussing Network. Find out more at DiscussingNetwork.com.